0: Hi everybody, make sure you stick around to the bitter end today because we've got a great show with Mark Anthony Austin. He played Boba Fett in the Star Wars New Hope Special Edition back in 1997. At the time he was working with Industrial Light and Magic and he's also worked with some great companies like Disney and Third Floor Inc. Doing the Avengers, Battleship, Casper, The Jungle Book and so much more. So stick around for the show, you're going to love it. Hey, welcome back everybody to the show. Chris Adams the host for you, Retro Life for you. We are going to be talking a little variety of things this week, actually. I know just a couple of weeks ago I had my friend John on and we talked some Star Wars, but we are going to revisit some Star Wars today along with, i say, quite a few other things, probably. I have a special guest with us this week, and I think you guys are going to like it. Very interesting guy, and he goes by the name of Mark Anthony Austin. Mark. Thank you so much for coming on with us and talking everything we're going to be talking today, man. I really appreciate it. It was great of you to come on. Oh, thank you for inviting me. The more uh,
1: the more I talk about these things, the more I enjoy just kind of uh, you know sharing the knowledge and some of uh, the kind of highlights I've had along the way. So I'm
0: really glad to be here. Yeah. Now there are some people who may not know this. I just learned this the other day. And I, I always thought of myself as being somebody who was not a Star Wars expert by any means, but I love Star Wars. And I thought that I knew most everything of watching it growing up as far as the immediate stuff. But I, I learned the other day that when they re released, I believe in 1994, right? In the theaters? 97. 97? Yeah. Okay, 97 then. Uh, they, what, Seth? I want to say they remastered and added extra clips in. Okay. So uh, you were there working, I believe, with Industrial Light and Magic at the moment. You were doing some of the work in the background with uh, the puppets and such that they were using for uh, during some of the scenes. And you got the opportunity to do something that probably most of the Star Wars fan universe would kill to do. Uh, You get to play Boba Fett. Yeah, I did. But the two, the two
1: things—me being part of the animation for the the movie and being Boba Fett—two completely different things that happen six months apart.
2: Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Everyone, is...
1: everyone kind of mixes it in. Like, oh, they just start through. Because I was working on the movie, they threw me into the suit. But no, yeah. that's not what happened. I was working. Uh, I was actually the lead animator for Casper. I was working on mm-hmm. the Casper movie.
2: Okay. And,
1: uh, and it had, I had to get the day off of Casper. I had to ask production if I could have the day off. So that I could go and do this blue screen shoot For the two shots uh, The morning was the opening shot The walk on, afternoon was the walk off But those two things are completely Separate uh, incidents But if it's just coincidence I end up, end up in animating The do In the same movie that I also Get to play My hero since
0: 13 years old So that is cool. Uh, I thought I read somewhere that uh, what got you liking Boba Fett was the mail-in order figure that they offered. It was
1: the bio. It was the bio that came with it because it described the character. At, you know, kind of advertising, kind of building
3: that you know the mystique. Described him mm-hmm. as basically described him as. I already loved spaghetti westerns. I
1: already loved Clint Eastwood. I absolutely loved. It. You know, he didn't have to say anything, he. He said so much with a
2: glance, you know. Right. So there was this guy. It looked like they got, got
1: Eastwood with the poncho and everything, bounty hunter, stuck in with Star Wars and made like the ultimate character just for me. So I, yeah, it was the bio that I I, I kind of I, reg, reg, I kind of registered with it because I was very much a loner, being an artist, so I was very much. On my
2: own, doing my own thing. Not anti-social, just in my own world. Right. And he was this guy,
1: the loner. And I don't know, as a kid, I just identified with this guy. I wanted to be this guy since 13 years old. So that's the weirdest thing that I end up becoming
0: the character I, as a child, wanted to become. I I find that very awesome. I mean, I would just, if, if it had been me in that same situation and it became offered to me, I just would not know what to say. I mean, I know what to say, but I don't think I would be able to get the words out. <laughs> because I'd be in such awe and such shock that they're yeah. going to let me put that suit on and and play a part in it. And these days, you know, nowadays with with um, with the 3D printers that are out there, people yeah. are out there making their own versions of suits and everything. You, you can be saying they're making Boba Fett suits or making Mandalorian suits or making Iron Man suits. They're doing everything these days. And everybody gets kind of the feeling, but it's still not quite the same, really, I don't think, as it is. Because not only are you in the movie, I mean, for that part, but, I mean, it's it's the fact you, you feel like you're wearing the actual, it's yeah. the actual Boba Fett armor. Yeah, they not, had- uh, yeah. Not a quick printout that Joe Blow down the road made no. and painted for you and everything. No, you it get had the actual It a sweats in it, you know, it had a icky sweat in, in the cum. It was like, it was... You almost
1: wanted to kind of like you know, in a way, when you sort of uh, have a hero as a kid, you just want to be identified with them in any huge way. So
3: now you can make like Twitter accounts or whatever, and put over uh from
1: California or whatever, you know, make it yeah. like, but it gives you a kind of a connection to that character. So this was like the ultimate connection was like to actually be wearing these suit that was in the movies that I had. You know, I, you know that was the movie that obliterated all other movies Empire Strikes Back was the movie
2: for me all, uh, and uh, I think it can never be for me it can never be replicated and it's in because
1: of you had to be there at the time when all you had was a backdrop of Star Wars and all you knew was you're going into another one and so it was such a ride for those people that Went to the theater with having that Star Wars build up and just taking on this ride, which was Empire. And you know, it was you, were, you went it got through to the end and you were tired. It's like you've been like
2: slapped about the face. You know, you've been in all these scenes where it kind of built, built up your heart rate. It was it was something that could never be replicated ever again. Like even with Jedi, like right, and
1: that's why I think it resonates with so many of us. That one particular, uh, episode 5, uh, resonates with
0: most people ESP because of the punch it had. Uh, now, as a fan, when it came to the original 4, 5, and 6 that were out there, yeah, um, did you have, you mentioned Empire was the one. A lot of people I've talked to, they love to do Hope. They love Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi comes around and like, yeah, you know, I, I do, I like it, but I, I just it doesn't top the other two. Yeah, and and you would think that the last one would be the one that you would think would really top everything off. Oh, so, well, so like, what's your opinion on it? Okay, this
1: is my opinion. Like you already know where I stand. I, I suddenly have become obsessed with this one character, Boba fan. So I'm going into three, saying, "What am I going to see him do in this?" Humped up. I couldn't. I couldn't wait. And so to have what happened at the beginning of the movie, and we all know what happened because George was upset that Boba Fett was selling Luke Skywalker. You know, right? Boba Fett was more popular than Luke Skywalker at a point, and he was worried. You know, he's like, "Oh, I've got to get rid of this character." And so you know, that's why he did it. But as a kid, when
3: I when I went into that movie theater and my hero. I was like, no, no, he's it's, it's gonna,
1: it's gonna come out, right? He's gonna come out. And
2: then, the dead pack's gonna activate. He's gonna
1: fly straight up. I, I was but, waiting no. for it the whole movie, the whole rest of the movie. I was waiting for him to get out or something, and I was like, I was, oh, I
0: was upset. So I, I really, I really thought they could have made, they could have made so much more out of the Boba Fett character in Return of the Jedi with more scenes of action, even if it's not that, him exactly. with Luke. Exactly even, it doesn't have to be him and Luke. It could be him versus Han and Lando, you know, and, and Chewie. It could be him tracking them back down to get back what he had originally taken to Java to begin with. Even if he had, you know, Jabba's gone at this point, it was still his bounty, and he feels a sense of ownership to this, and he wants to go back and get it again. I, I that would made have made some more entertainment, I thought. Exactly. But I mean, you know, once again, I'm not, I'm not a writer or anything. I'm not a director. I don't. This was this was not my project or my baby. So, I mean, it's all in his vision, I guess, and what he thought was best for it. A lot of people just didn't think that Return of the Jedi held up as strong as Empire did, or even A New Hope. Yeah, no, and and,
1: for me, it didn't, just because that happened at the beginning, and I couldn't recover from it for the whole rest of the
3: movie. It took me a while for it to kind of grow on me a bit more, but I, I still had to, you know, that was the biggest question.
1: Uh, You know, when I go to conventions, the biggest question was, how cool was it to wear the suit as a first? Both asked questions. Second question is always, uh, did you make it out of the silent?
0: And now I can say yes. (laughs) Right, right. They kind of show how that happened. And that was kind of, I was going to bring it up again in a little bit. I'm still going to. So give me a little bit. We'll get around to that one for sure. Uh, Because that's definitely something I want to get your opinion on and some thoughts and things. Uh, but, yeah, uh, what it happened, it also, in my opinion, didn't happen in a very cool way. It was kind of slapstick, almost bumbling. Uh, he just turned around and was, it, it's who? It's Boba Fett. What? And he turns around and the yeah. staff just kind of have hits his rocket pack and knocks him down into the, yeah. knocks him off the boat. Or I yeah. was like, he could have been done cooler, you know? If yeah. you're going to kill him off, do it, do it justice. But unless they had thoughts of bringing him back in some way. I don't and know. I, uh, I agree with you. I feel like that as much as they built him
1: up, they took all of that down in stages with the bumbling kind of, you know, you know, everything he does. Luke's got a, an answer to kind of thing, and and yeah, it took until episode six of the Mandalorian to us to see kind of what Boba Fett must have been like on a, on you know,
3: because most of his days were good days, you
1: think, because he's the the top guy, you know? Right. So um, when
3: they said that the Book of Boba Fever was going to come out, I imagined we were going to get all of the
1: stories that had contributed to his mythos. Like, the, the, the mystique of the guy. I thought we were going to see all, you know, how he, how he maybe encountered for the first time Bosk, You know? But mm-hmm. all the stories that gave him, you know, his legendary status. And so, I was like, hunt for Book of Boat Fair, and when it when it started, not to not to say I didn't l- like Book of Boat Fair. I, I'm glad we got what we got, you know, I can't get enough Book of Fair, but um, I was expecting and hoping for something a bit different to what we got delivered, and he was a bit bumbling in the Book of Boat Fair, if you remember the first couple of episodes,
0: every other mini is chucked in the back to tank. it's like, what happened to I, I didn't understand how he was getting owned by Sand People. I didn't understand that very much. I mean, why? I, why I, why I, is he getting I, owned by I, Sand People? I didn't mind that
1: so much because that's another one of my obsessions with, with Sussling Readers, but I kind of done with more, up, that drawn out a bit more, I would have
2: taken out the jumping back and forth in time because we're already trying to fit this with our original trilogy. Yeah. So the
1: jump timelines just made it I tell you something. Watch Book of the Bo- Book of Boba Fett. Binge watch it. It's completely different to watching it with a week in between or any kind of gap in between. If you watch it like I watched it, you know I watched it again when I got COVID because you know there's that's binge watch heaven. You got COVID, right. isolated, nothing else to do. But binge watch Book of Boba Fett is half. You'll forgive it. Half of the things that you that kind of bugged you about it. Splitting it into weekly episodes and chunks. And the same with the One Kenobi series. If you watch it as one thing, much more forgiving if you watch it all the way through I,
0: as one thing. I, I have loved both of those so far. Everything they have put out and brought back to Disney so far, I, I've really been into. Me too, me too. Um, I, I, I like the fact they're bringing Andor out. That's going to be cool. That gives you more of a feel of what he was like before Rogue One. I love Rogue One. Uh, when they came out with that, because a lot of people were like, well, why do I want to watch that? Like My my buddy said, why do I want to see that? ain't got no Jedi's in it. Why am I going to watch that for? And he was like, but he gave it a shot and he was glad he did. It was great. I mean, you don't have to have Jedi in the movie to make a good Star Wars bit. No. We uh, we were used to the saga of Luke Skywalker. So that's all. To top it off, to to top it off, the, the fans love it because it's a Star Wars universe. It's their getaway, it's their escape, it's what they love. They don't have to be sitting there watching 24-7 uh, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader or Yoda or anybody else like that. I mean, they, they can take in some other things, like you said, with the bounty hunters or with, like, the cartoons, people that, with the, the animations with the Clone Wars or uh, Rebels. I mean, people really get into all this stuff that they do because it's just yeah. their getaway. And uh, I, I look forward to the, the one coming out with Ahsoka. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of long overdue.
1: Yeah, I, I did find that the ones that I, I find that the, the most popular with the most people are the ones that resonate around the original trilogy timeline. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Rogue One butted right up onto it so you got he, part of it. Uh, but, you know, Mandalorian is just after Jedi, but it's still kind of close after Jedi. And all the ones that seem to be kind of close to that period of time, instead of Know, too far prequels or too far you know into next order but this kind of hot this is like the goldilocks and, mm-hmm. you know, so everything you know just having mandalorian walk through a Tatooine town part plus past, past like a, a roasting salacious crumb you know it's just like anything that draws you back to that original trilogy you just kind of <laughs> yeah
0: exactly Exactly. You mentioned that you did the animations for the dubex. Did you do animations for anything else on there? And what was your favorite one to work? Yeah, I had to do all the creatures. So
1: the first one was the uh, the rontos.
0: Yes. And I was there for the naming
1: of the ronto as well. George named it. He was like calling it the dinosaur creature for <laughs> the long time. But when you're in dailies, you hear the dinosaur creature over and over again. You know, it gets a bit cumbersome. So. Right. He said, you know, the kind of you know, just call it something. It's like a brontosaurus. You know, even a Brontosaurus is not even a dinosaur. But it's is kind of a Bronto. We're quite a Bronto. And no, actually, we quite a Ronto. not the be off. And I was like, wow, I, was, I wonder how these things got named, you know? <laughs> so I was there for the name of that one. But, yeah, all the Rontos, Dubaks, the fake Stormtroopers, you know, the ones climbing off the Dubak and jumping down. Those are things. Right. means. Uh, Scurriers, the, the speeder as it, it's coming into Mos Eisley. And all the guys on it that I had to do that sort of fake um, droids ropes all things like that Jawas falling off of Rontos which is another thing I tell you having I must say that when I was involved with the special edition at no point during the time I was working there was there any mention of doing anything to Greedo and hum. Like while I was there there was no mention of anything touching anything to do with that. And so when I heard about it, because just after I finished on New Hope, I left and took a job. I went to Disney at that point in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And as when well I was in Los Angeles, a friend of mine who was still at ILM said, You never know, guess what, they're doing, they're messing with the Harlem Greedo moment in the cantina. And I'm like, No, they're not. He's going he's gonna to look at that because he's done, done stuff like that before he's looked at, he's test drove some ideas that weren't great, and he's been unanimous, like, yeah, that doesn't work. And he was, I just wanted to see if it would, you know, that kind of thing. So I said, yeah, he probably kind of flirted with the idea, but, you know, there's no way he would go with it, because if he did, he'd take away Han's art. He's got to be the scoundrel that he mentions in Empire now, Before he becomes a rebel hero and gives Luke his chance at blowing up the Death Star and we get that ending, you know? He's got to have that arc so he wouldn't mess with that. So that was for me a surprise when I went to see. The two things that surprised me was seeing obviously myself on the screen Mm because I had to wait. We shot it in December 6th of 1994. So we shot it in 94. I had to wait till January of 97. For the release, so I had to wait two and over two years before I could see it. so it's the longest, <laughs> the longest two years. I mean, I can't tell anybody because there's no evidence, right? And Look if you did, did, tell you given giving away I must out. say oh, I'm because <laughs> yeah, they, like, yeah, right, mate. Yeah, of course you are. You know, yeah, that's sure what I you mean. are. Where's your even now, Where's your blaster? Yeah, yeah. Where's your Where's your helmet then?
0: Yeah. Was slave one. Uh, well, now, speaking of, going back to Boba Fett in general, I yeah. understand, I was looking at this earlier, of course, the one that most everybody's used to is Jeremy Bullock. Yeah. He's, He's the cop yeah. Right. He's the one you. a lot of Comic-Cons, you see Jeremy Bullock was showing up, and he was, you know, had the Boba Fett outfit, or just a helmet, maybe. Uh, had things like that, signing autographs, talking about things. We had somebody else who actually put the suit on, before he did, one time for a parade, and I wrote I his name down, let's see what his up here, it was it uh, oh, Jones? it was an assistant film editor, Dwayne Dunham. See, yeah. yeah uh, as a, a 1978 parade. Yes, yeah, yeah. San and At the parade. And uh, they said it was funny at one point, he was even signing autographs, and he had to ask him, he goes, how many T's in fit?" You know, he wasn't sure how to spell it, it was which was hilarious. I love that story. I love it. Yeah, story. And I thought it was great. I'm like, he's playing this character that everybody just it's, it's crazy about. It. He's like, I don't know how to spell my own name. How many, I mean, I mean Ts? I've never then heard got that the, story
1: before. I'll mean, have to thank you. That's going to add to my awesome... Oh, okay, gosh. I, I, I will try to find
0: where yeah. I find it. I found it and send you to link to it. Okay? I'll, I'll try to find it for you.
2: But you know
1: why
0: I, I have to say we have to pay some honour to Jeremy
1: Bullock because you, you know why that everyone honours him so much? Because he founded the Comic-Con. Oh, really? It he, it he first, after Star Wars, there were enough people that he knew that should take credit for masked characters that won't gain any recognition. Right. So he started this thing, it was called uh, Men Behind the Masks. And that was the predecessor to the Comic-Con. And it got... It accompanied comic conventions, that's why it's called Comic-Con to this day, and it evolved into what we know now as a Comic-Con, and it's a, it's a part of practice of it. You go there to get some signatures from people from sci-fis or in the comic industry or the, you the know, arts industry that you admire, or, you know, you know
2: the, oh, or the character
0: probably, you like. But everybody he at like Comic He found days. Yeah, that is that's yeah. awesome. I did not know that though. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, I did, and and like you said, there's there's practically everybody at a comic con these days that come in. I mean, it's not just no longer people who might have played uh, people behind the mask and the armor, or like Jason behind the mask, or who played Freddy Krueger, you know, and things like that. Now you're seeing, of course, you've got people from uh, the the retro genre that you that you loved watch growing up on television or in movies that are making appearances yeah. now. And signing autographs and taking pictures. You've got current modern day wrestlers that are showing up and shaking hands and taking pictures yeah, and I see that. Uh, all kinds. I mean, it's not limited anymore to just no. comic books, comic it's artists. Pop culture. Or... Pop culture. Exactly. So it makes you wonder at this point how soon it is for they change the name to a popcon or something. Yeah. Hopefully nobody sees this and takes that seriously. Popcon is a terrible no, a world, no, name name. <laughs> yes. That would that was a terrible name. We don't need that to go anywhere. I don't want to be responsible for that. Um, There was a cartoon, uh, as you probably remember. Uh, Some people were okay with it. Some people call it the horrid, dreadful cartoon uh, holiday special that Star Wars had put out. Uh, Boba Fett is there. He's infiltrating into our our good guys, trying to find out where the rebel base is, and the droids end up foiling everything because they pick up his transmission. Uh, the voice of that was Don Franco, I believe, or Don Franks. Is it Franks? Don Franks. I'm sorry, Mr. Franks. Don Franks provided Boba Fett's first voice in the holiday special. So there's another person tied to Boba Fett now we've got. Um, and then, of course, after Jeremy... Not really, well, I guess after Jeremy Bullock, there was one time Jeremy Bullock was without the mask uh, in a Star Wars, and he played one of the... Was it a... Tr- uh, not a trooper. He was the uh, Imperial Officer. Imperial officer, yes, Imperial officer at Empire Strikes Back. Didn't have his helmet. He had something to do with filming that day or something.
3: So they got John
0: Morton to throw on the gear John- and do the scene where they're walking down the hall pushing the carbonite upon Solo and everything. John Morton
1: also did the outside the carbon freeze chamber scenes in if- Vader. So that was John as well. And then Dickie Bear, of course, he was the guy that uh, plummeted into the Sarlacc wearing the suit.
2: And didn't, and didn't break any arms or legs. Which <laughs> seven, seven people had before him on the well, same yeah, uh, A lot of people who are just
0: listening just don't have the ability to see what I see just now, but when you mentioned Falling in the Sunlight Pit, you were still shaking your head like you can't believe yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, man, uh, when it comes down to moving forward, now originally, I remember reading this a long time ago, so my my idea on it's going to be completely off on what the complete story was. But I know that I've read that George Lucas wanted nine parts originally, not nine parts. Four, five, and six was the meat of it. That was the best part. He said he'd make four, five, and six. Uh, I don't know if there was ever any real intention of going back and doing a one, two, three at that point or even a seven, eight, nine. But there was some scripts written out or some ideas written out of how he wanted it to go and of course 1, 2 and 3 would show you the uh, pre-years before Luke came about and what happened with that and mentioned the Clone Wars and such but 7, 8, and 9 had what I thought was an interesting sound to it of making clones of uh, some people like Darth Vader and others for uh, Luke Skywalker and such to fight wow. um, yeah. a, a friend of mine had said he thought a good 7, 8, and 9 would have even been when they had the dark I think it was called Dark Forces Uh, Luke Skywalker kind of uh, uh, borderline falls to the dark side, but reemerges back to himself again. He's trying to find uh, what Kylo Ren was looking for, uh, the Sith. The holocrons? The holocrons, thank you. Yes, he was uh, in search of those in the books or something, and it kind of caused him to almost cross over. And in this book series, you had Han Solo and Leia were married. They had twin kids, Jaina and Jason. So they were both Jedi's. Uh, We were talking about what might have been a a better seven, eight, and nine. I mean, did you ever have an idea or uh, what you would like to see in something like here? Did you know they were had talked about a seven, eight, and nine at one point? Uh,
1: I I knew that that was the idea, but um, after Jedi, I really didn't think that. I I really didn't know what was going to be next. I would have thought that you know because of the success. (laughs) I didn't really understand people's. I didn't really understand back then as a kid what it, how much it went into behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how draining it was to make three movies back to back. You know, for, for George, and so as a kid, I just wanted more. I just kind of sat and I thought you know it was as easy as just writing a book or thinking of the ideas. And so when he did, when he uh, said that he was going to take a break, it was like the the worst news in the world. I was, it's almost like you're expecting that you're the next installment of this thing, you, the franchise you've fallen in love with. And suddenly it stopped. So I always call those the kind of the drought years because that's when merchandise didn't really, was non-existent. You, you just collected things that had, did exist, you know, uh, but there wasn't any merchandising, there wasn't any, the only time I mentioned buy anything Star Wars related uh, in the nineties was when I went to work for ILM and they had a store at Skywalker Garage where I could actually buy, you know, model kits and stuff. But it was a it was a there's nothing in the stores, you know, now you there's nothing not with a Star Wars character on it, you know. So
2: right. that's Disney, you know.
1: Disney gonna put Star Wars onto every conceivable item. Um, but back then it was, you know, I, I, I was. If there was Star Wars on the corner of a cereal box, I would cut that Star Wars logo out of the cereal box and keep it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how, once I hoarded anything and everything I could collect that had Star Wars branding, or. So for me, it's always been a visual thing more than anything. And so that's why I. You know, some people can say, say what they can don't like about some of the uh, Disney Plus TV series, but I think of, like, when I was 13 years old and things stopped, I would have given anything for these TV series that they're making
2: now. It's well, yeah.
1: like a dream come true to have movie quality, you know, is basically movie quality TV.
0: you
2: know, oh, right.
0: I mean... Basically, I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's spoiled. spoiled. It's spoiled now. But, you know, I hate to say that, but you are absolutely correct. We are. And then we uh, we are so spoiled to the point that we can't wait another whole year in between when the seasons are released. Uh they yeah. just I don't remember if it was Cobra Kai that started all this, basically. It was on YouTube to start and then went to uh to, to Netflix. But yeah. I think Cobra Kai might have been the first start of this and then you had Full House do Fuller House and then now Disney's coming out with different Star Wars bits we got going on. We got uh, the, the Mandalorian, I think, was the first one. Yeah. And then you've got Book of Boba Fett. You've got uh, the the thing with Obi-Wan. People will really eat up the Obi-Wan series because, you know, being Jedi, he's one of the most favorite Jedis people have out there. A lot of people favorite him over Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan was always my favorite. Um, the, and that's because of the portrayal of Obi-Wan in 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Uh, not because of what Sir Alec Guinness had done. Uh, although, you know, he, he did a good uh, older Obi Wan and what he had portrayed and everything. But we really loved watching the younger version of Obi Wan Kenobi and what he could do and how strong he was. Yeah. And what I, so spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen uh, Obi Wan, I'll wait a second before I say it. But just in case you haven't seen it, go ahead and turn it down now or something. But I, I, I thought it was great. When he is fighting Darth at uh, the where, rock I, 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 the rocks, yes. When he uses the Force, yeah. he is uh, he he had been buried by Vader in the rock pit, basically, and tells him, uh, you know, he is now the master or something, and walks off. And he comes back, and he's just really taking it to him. Not only is he taking it to him with a lightsaber, he's using the Force to sling rocks down on him, and then uses the his 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 power and brings up everything he can. And pelts him with a rock storm, basically, and it's yeah, it's like it's like and it's like it's overwhelming him. Like he can't believe how strong he's become suddenly. in the force, and so stuff like this you really enjoy watching. It's like watching Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian once yeah. again. Alert! But I mean, when he comes in there and he makes his march until he gets up there to where, um, uh, Grogu is with the Mandalorian and takes over. He's killing all these things until he gets up there. It's just like watching Darth Vader march through Rogue One down that hallway trying to get the stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost identical in a sense, and how powerful both of them really are. You can see yeah. how strong and how great they are. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks.
2: Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to the 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s flick flashback podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host, to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our 1st time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Go. I want so, I, that's why
1: I wanted, that's why I want to see why, we got to see why Darth Vader got the repetition in wrote one. You got to see just
0: him in his element. That's right. why I, I was hoping the book of Boba Fett, we'd get to see that at least once and we never did. Well, I'm hoping from this point forward, uh, surely they're going to do more of the book of Boba Fett. Uh, they left people wanting at the end of it. And I, I can, can see that, to him I, I, I can see it. It's of Boba Fett. Yes, I'll, I'll make, I I'll make, I'll make a show. I make a
1: previous show
0: pitch into Disney: the Legends of Boba Fett. I mean, that, that's a good I mean, it's really a great idea. I mean, the Adventures of Boba Fett, the Legends of Boba Fett, whatever you call it. You can get some things out there of him, even in his you know pre, yeah. well, I say pre, you know, pre Return of the Jedi stuff. Uh, yeah. Maybe running with some of the other bounty hunters. Yeah. You might pre, see uh, some with, something with Or seeing in it. Uh, Oh my god! What is the cowboy looking bounty hunter that they came out with? Cad Bane. When he came out in Mandalorian, I about lost it. I said that is too awesome. Yeah, I said that. I at at that moment I was like, I'm I'm complete with this series if it ends right now because that was awesome. You got Cad Bane into it. Yeah. Um. That was it. Was really great, and it it is not like it was. uh, There's a lot lot of people were speculating he could show up. They're like, well, how would they make him look good? I was like, do they do anything they want these days. They could, they could, they could make you know one of us on there and make us look good. Make me or I said my friend, you make one of us look good on there. If they want yeah. to, yeah. you know, and, and Lord knows I got a face for radio. So I mean, if they can make me look good on there, they can make campaign look awesome. I mean, come on. But yeah, it was great. Uh, the thing with Boba Fett, though, an adventure series of that would be great. Now, the yeah. book of Boba Fett going from here can still be good. I mean, they can still bring new things into it and, and make it very interesting, I think. Uh, this is definitely, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's all about the older Boba Fett. Um, and you know what I did not p- I did not pick up on the whole time I watched it? You mentioned to go back and binge watch it, and I'll appreciate it more, and I'll see things. When I was looking things up uh, before we, we talked and everything, and I'm looking through different stuff, I'm looking at the book of Boba Fett on there, and it struck me who's playing Boba Fett. I didn't, I didn't stop and realize this is the guy that played Django Fett. Yeah, it had to be, because
1: he, the first clone was given to Django. So yeah. that's why, because I'm really good friends with Daniel, Daniel Logan, and he plays Boba Fett in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And he was, for the longest time, uh, trying to make a bid online on social media that he should. They were going to unmask Boba Fett. That he should be the face. And I said, "Yeah, but Daniel, if if you were, if your character Boba Fett was the son of, then yes, you could play that role. But he's a clone of, so he has to look identical to his father, like identical, like you couldn't tell them apart. Like, right. so I said, as much as I wish I could vouch for you or, or cheer you on, I. It doesn't make any sense. It's like it doesn't work. So, then it could be cool for him.
0: I mean, if it happened, it would
1: be cool. Yeah, he, he does yeah. voice of young with that mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars. So, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping he gets you know as much that as he can. And like I said, I wish that it would work out, but it would only have worked out if he was a son of, not a clone of.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, I was uh, reading something somewhere also when Disney renamed Slave One. You were not very happy about that. Said you were very vocal and adamant. <laughs> but as a fan, I get it. I definitely understand it. I mean, you, fans don't want change. No, Fans want things to be the same. I, I am very guilty of some things to where if somebody uh, remakes something that I grew up loving, I want you to do it justice and do it right and not change your thing for the sake of how it is today. Uh, people need to understand how things were then and this is how it was, and it's not any knock on anybody else who wants to be involved with it. I'm not trying to say you don't qualify to be in this movie because you're a man or a woman, uh, because you were black or white, uh, because you were American or you were Asian. Nothing like that. I just, I like continuity. I like consistency with what I watch. Yeah. And people get angry when things change, and some people get really angry when they change. But, um,
1: well, the thing is, they were making an issue about it, but they were likening it to an issue that is what we are experiencing here on this planet. And as far as I know, we're on Earth and we're in the Milky Way galaxy. This is a galaxy far, far away.
2: So All right.
1: why are we putting our prejudices or like, you know, what we taboos for our world onto this other galaxy that is unrelated? as far as I know, you know, apart from yeah. we really love those characters, you know, otherwise they are over there, you know, so it, it made something, and another thing, it came on the heels of them changing Slave Wraith, uh, Slave, Slave layers name. So when they did that, I was like, and this happened,
2: I was like, how, when's it going to stop? Is it Death Star next? I mean, Death's pretty, pretty up there. I mean, Death's yeah. pretty harsh.
1: Pretty hard. it's you know, the maybe end. Like a severe cold star instead of something, you know. Like it sounds silly, but I was thinking, where can it stop? Where is it going to stop? I think are they going to stop? Hope they are. But
2: well, yeah, you know, they
1: had... called Jabba's prisoner. Jabba's prisoner, yeah. But he is also a slave that he 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 demoralized her because she's a princess. He did it, you know, for a reason. You know, that's right. what Jabba is. That's why we're glad he's dead. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it takes away. It takes away stuff that we love, like you said. And they bought it as is. Like don't change it. If you buy it, you keep, you
0: know, you keep it as is. You know, uh, a lot of I people do not. A lot of people don't include a lot of what Disney does with Star Wars as being a part of the actual Star Wars universe. I know you've heard this probably before. I know, got, yeah. The whole canon bed I can a of of everything I do love a
2: such.
0: It. Yeah, I mean, I, when, when it comes to it, the uh, the newest ones, they did. Uh, where well, they brought in uh, Daisy Ridley, uh, I, I thought that the movies, as three standalone movies, were okay. They were alright. When they said they were bringing in you know, Han Solo and Chewie and Skywalker and you got Leia still there, I thought, great, we're going to get a reunion of people. Yeah. And we never got it. We never got that. The, they never once yeah. had a scene together. So, I mean, you, know, you hear rumors of reason why it didn't happen, and you just hope it's nothing that petty or anything, but for some reason, they chose not to give them a scene together in these movies. You had Han and Chewie, they were partners. Yeah, they were buddy-buddy. Yeah. Well, they yeah. yeah, and I had I, I heard he requested to be killed off. And, well, That's so what I, I heard, right. I, read, you know, I read. I read mean, somewhere. I believe it, because he had it yeah. in his contract.
1: That's why he ends up in Carbonite in Empire. Is because George didn't know whether he would even do a third. So he yeah. thought if he doesn't sign... He's in carbonite. He can stay in carbonite. If he does sign, I'll get him a of carbonite.
0: Yeah, that's a good safe way out. Yeah, so that that's Hollywood, it though.
1: That's how Hollywood works. It affects the movies sometimes.
0: Contracts. You're know, speaking of effects and everything. The effects yeah. today are so much different. The way they're done, yeah. Um, so much more computerized things. These days that they can do to make things like, for example, making. Uh, Luke Skywalker looked like he looked in uh, The Mandalorian or having Princess Leia's face suddenly there in Rogue One with her using the word hope. You know, like they've taken the word from the original movie or something and put it in there with her face CGI'd on. And, you know, it's hope. And everybody thinks, that's
3: great, we got
0: Leia in here, we got a young Leia. Everybody's like, Luke looks so awesome, look at him, it's great. You know, it's actually him. Um, but the things they do. Do you have a real? Do you have a preference over the ways you know that's done with that, like today versus when you were doing a lot of the stuff and everything I, uh, back with Star Wars when you were working with Star Wars and some of the other stuff? I'm
1: I, I mean, glad that the, everything's advanced, you know, way further than I ever imagined it would by this time. If, if people had asked me what would have evolved, I would never have imagined some of the things we have in our daily life that we do. But, um, I'm glad that they have realised that this can be an overuse of CG, you know, they they discovered that in the prequels. After the prequels they realised wow, I think we pushed too much green screen on everyone. The you know, actors aren't getting the, the you know, fulfilment, aren't able to bring to their roles that same oomph as they can if they're on a set or a projected set, you know, like they have now. But, um, now it's a nice mix between CG to do what CG good at, and practical to do what practical brings to the uh, live action set. And like uh, guys in suits, for the most part, uh, you know, I, I I believe them. Uh, I could take them all day. You know, I, I'd, much, I'd much rather have Jabba from Jedi over Jabba from A New Hope. He was the only creature I didn't animate. It like, was Jabba. That was. Steve Williams. So if you watch the I L M Behind the Scenes that they have on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. you get to know about Steve Williams. But he had Java
3: and he asked me at one point, Mark, because
1: I was helping him with the lip sync. I said, like, Mark, you take Java. I said, No, I've got i got Ronzo to do, I've got Dubax to do, I got and list off all the things and say, you know, okay, okay, I'll finish Java. I didn't want to touch it, I didn't understand. I didn't understand why we weren't getting the suit back out, you know, or getting them to make one. It would have been amazing, you know. They could have done, imagine what they could do, the puppetry they could do now. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And it's a combination of people with remote control versus people inside the puppet, you know. But amazing what they can bring to life now. Much easier, much more uh, versatile because now we have nice foams that we can sculpt into a lot of stuff. We don't have to rely on big, heavy wooden frames in some puppets, you know? So, um, I don't know. It's, I think we're at a point that, you know,
2: and things are still evolving, but I think we're at a point now where we've found a happy medium,
1: and we've seen it in the Mandalorian. And we've seen it in the new
2: sequels. Um,
1: that's where you, you mix, you know, Practical effects with CG, and you get an amazing film that looks
0: awesome. You know? Right? Um, they they did hey. the CG too far for the prequels, in my opinion. Now mentioning too much CG in the prequels and everything um, was—I mean, the prequels overall. What were your thoughts on those? It took
1: me years to, to accept them, and I was there opening night for Phantom. I was lined up. Uh, in Universal City Walk and ready to see it at midnight they were going to let you in and uh, I really wanted it to be more than it
2: gave me so I thought, okay, I'm just going to see it again so I went saw it again and i ended up
1: seeing it five times in about two weeks and I was try- every
3: time I saw it
1: I was hoping I would get over the hump of it being new and make it part of this... Treasure trove I already had, you um, know, and it took a long time for that to happen. Not much longer. I got, I got to the point where I thought I'm just one of those JD guys who's never gonna like anything that isn't the original three movies. And it what took Mandalorian season one to finally like. Oh God, I'm glad I'm not that guy because I love the Mandalorian. <laughs> you know? I love it. Like I was loved it from episode one. I loved. I loved how they showed Boba Fett in Mandalorian more than the way they showed him in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. That was the man. That was the Boba Fett I wanted to see for a, a, a whole series, and we never got that Boba Fett back. At the very, very end, very, very end, we got him back.
0: Yeah. But I, yeah. I I just. To me, the sequel, uh, sequels, the prequels, to me or kind of in reverse order from 4, 5, and 6. I liked 4 and 5 the best, and 6 was like, eh, you know, yeah. for me, 2 and 3 were the better ones, and 1 was just kind of, well... Yeah, I liked yeah. it. I did like it, because it's Star Wars. I liked it because they bring in, you know, a new bad guy in Darth, uh, Darth Maul. Awesome. Uh, who, jump with that. Hey jump At the end of the movie, I'm, I still remember the theater going completely nuts, because... None throughout the uh, movie, and he brought out both sides of the lightsaber, and he just had the one, and we were like, man, that's an extra long handle on that thing, look at that, what, why, how does he fight with it like that very well, and then at the end of the movie, me and my friends have went, I mean, he just, he takes it, he takes it out, turns that thing sideways, and zoom, goes the other end, and we're like, no way, he's got a bow staff saber, that is awesome. You know, and everybody's just going crazy in the theater at this thing happening when it comes out, and all. It's like yes, yeah, so I think we're pulling for the bad guy at this point. Uh, it's kind of like um, the guy, <laughs> the guy in Jaws said by the end of the movie he was rooting for the shark, because um, the people weren't likable to him. But I, I really liked Qui Gon Jinn. I liked that character Qui Gon Jinn, and I thought they did his character a little wrong. I, kill if you're going to kill him off. I thought I'd kill him off in the second one during the Clone Wars. You know, keep him going to that point at least, I thought, because his character was so good. I understand you got to give meaning to the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin, yeah. but I thought there still would have been time for them to make a good bond with each other still with Qui-Gon there and actress when he dies in the second. Okay,
1: so, so let me run this idea by you. Imagine there was a pre-Phantom Menace where you just got to have a whole movie of Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon establishing what a true dynamic relationship should be. Because then you establish it in a whole movie. I would have loved to see two Jedi's doing what Jedi's do best for a whole movie. Yeah. A whole movie. I could have done a whole movie, just them two. Then yeah. go into Phantom and then you know you have that separation and someone gets in the way, these kids get the way. Breaks up the dynamic. So I wish there was a, a movie before Phantom
3: to establish kind of like, you know, just, you know, Jedi's, we've never had a movie of Jedi's
1: doing Jedi stuff and kicking ass, really. They've always yeah. got, they've always got some problems. They've always, always, you know, down to the last ones or whatever, you
0: know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I would mean, have done I, that movie. I just wish they'd given him, I mean, the, the running joke is they give Jar Jar Binks appearances in all three movies, but you kill off Qui-Gon Jinn in the first one. Yeah, Where's the fairness Darth of this,
1: you know? And Darth
0: Maul. Yes. We lost so, two mean,
1: good ones in, in
0: like, one, one moment. Yeah, so you, you lose Darth Maul in the first one in a way that seems silly. Because if you think about it, like, Obi-Wan in the third one, he has the high ground over Anakin. Darth Maul right, absolutely has the high ground over Obi-Wan, yet he's able to flip out of it and, you know, the, the they say in the book that was uh, the book they had put out, for people to read that in a moment that Dark Maul had a lapse in the Force in a moment celebrating that he had just taken out the two Jedis. Oh. And was not one with the Force, you might say, or something, when Obi-Wan flips out and calls for the lightsaber in his hand and, and you know, slices him in half. So, uh, I, I don't know if I buy that or not. I thought it was kind of silly. But then you get brought in to Count Dooku in the second one, Darth Tyrannus. And he's... he's He's a pretty decent villain. I mean, he's he's kind of not like your traditional villain, who's like Darth Maul, just angry, like and, and hard. He's coming at you hard. Dooku's kind of smooth about it. He's yeah still good. talking to you like he's a gentleman or something. And yeah, and, and, and so I, I thought the way they brought him in was all right. They probably could have even introduced. It. They could probably even do a series with Dooku if they wanted to. How he was good before he converted over, and yeah, what turned yeah. him over to the dark side. Well, the change, yeah, yeah, they could. There's so, many, there's so many endless possibilities they can do with these things. But uh, so some of these that are not, I wanted to talk about a few of the things you've done other than Star Wars, actually, if you could. Because uh, you've you done a lot of... Been in a lot of great stuff, it looks like, as far as doing special effects and everything. What has been some of your favorite things you've done? I noticed Battleship on there. I noticed that you had something to do with like You said Casper. Uh, yeah. I don't know if i seen seen... Did I see something with the Avengers on there as well? Or? Yeah. The okay, first of so movie, the fir-
1: first Avengers movie. That, that was a lot of fun. That was because, uh, like, sometimes in some of these movies, you you're only involved in one sequence, uh, and usually it's the most expensive sequence. And it's your job to kind of plan it out and create it in 3D, you know, with a set and actors doing what they're doing, and you shoot it with the cameras, and they, we call it previews. But we basically shoot the whole movie in this 3D set run it by the director and see what he wants to do to change, maybe deviate from the storyboards, or if he wants to try out some experiments, but on uh, Avengers, I got to work on basically all the, anything that wasn't a dialogue, you know, when, on the, when they're on the heli the helicarrier, and they chat, 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 we don't get to previous those shots, but we do get to do all the battle sequences, so... At one point we had the end battle, and it at one point was over an hour long. We had to get it down to 20 minutes of action. So the worst thing was having to cut cool moments for characters. Like Iron Man had this cool moment with all these like tunnels, and had to axe that just to get this whole battle down to something that we could make and show the director. And uh, so I'd say Avengers is up there for me. That was
0: Involved in a whole bunch of sequences. As an Avenger fan, I can tell you, we would have taken that hour and ran with it. We would have taken <laughs> that for sure. Yeah,
1: there's so many cool sequences. Like Black Widow has so many cool moments. Her character got really harshly chopped down, and and you see sometimes you see stills from the behind the scenes, and it looks like the sequence that they see they must have shot some. I think they get to shoot. Some of the sequences, and then they
0: hit the and it's you know. Yeah, through time trims. But why uh, did it take so long for them to get her her solo movie? I mean, that was that was a good solo movie they put out of her. I mean, I I, 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 I enjoyed her character. I mean, not just for the obvious reasons that everybody says because of her outfit and everything, but she's I like Scarlett Johansson. She's been in a lot of great things. The movie yeah. she has Black Widow was great. Brought in her, she introduced Elena. That was awesome. I mean, they could have done this a long time ago and made just as much off, if not more.
1: Well, I do actually know the answer to this one because this was in 2010. I was working on Avengers, and back then we got the pitch from Victoria, the, the the woman that runs Marvel. We got the the pitch that's kind of the decade pitch, and she pitched the kind of the series of all the movies coming out that. You know, introduced characters and got involved in blah blah blah. Ended in uh, the end game, and I was like, "Holy crap!" You know, I thought it was just we were working on just
3: like another Iron Man movie, you know, or another Thor movie, and not
1: realised the whole long-term goal. So they had movies already picked out in 2010 to to make and you know, to make the story of. And so that's the only reason I can think of that it would get bumped after that because they had, we, we were making Avengers and in another building at Raleigh Studios, they were making Captain America, the first one.
0: Right.
1: And at some point I had to loan some of my animators to the other building because they were short. And I went over there, actually, I went over there to get the guy back. And I hit the door, hit the door, and I'm wearing my Boba Fett hoodie. It's a hoodie, but you pull the hood up, you know. And it right. Looks like his suits. uh uh-huh. The door's open, and there's Joe Johnson, the guy that designed the Boba Fett costume and the director of uh, Captain America is in the in the elevator. Really tall yes. guy, Joe Johnson. He looks him up and down a couple of times and goes, mm-hmm, and then I <laughs> <try. laughs> uh, the was starstruck. I just was like oh yeah. my. tongue did not work it didn't say anything. Could have said something cool. I could have said something cool, could have I don't know, anything but I just was, didn't expect uh, to see him. anyway. Short story is that I think it's because they had all these movies overlapping and even being worked on at the same time, is that there's yeah. no room for a Black Widow movie until
0: later. The, the only bad thing about it, I think the fans look at it is because her character had already been killed, and it's like yeah. we're going back now that she's yeah. dead and gone. We're getting a we're getting like a prequel feel to what she was like before. I mean, I'm glad we got it. Ultimately, I am. Yeah, I want trust. Trust. Yes, still we we definitely want one. So and, and, and see, look, look, you got more pull than I do. Okay, you got way oh right, more pull. I know than ever, since, I do.
1: ever since that slave one incident, I got more
0: <laughs> pull. <laughs> I tell you, say, zero pool with Disney. So I mean, look, look. That was that was my twin brother talking about, you know, the slave one bid. That wasn't me. I'd said that no. Yeah. That wasn't me. I, uh, I would like to preach this good. though. <laughs>
2: but,
0: but you know, they, they, they did do the Avengers stuff fairly brilliantly, I thought. If you compare I mean, you've got uh it was the the effects were great, the fight scenes were awesome, I mean I, as, as a as a fan of watching comic books come to life on screen, I've never seen anything. Uh, I, I, I always grew up like in D.C. more growing up because, you yeah, know, they, you, Superman, always, see the, you always see Batman, Superman, yeah. you know, and I grew up on the Super Friends yeah. and the Justice Batman. League. And then and then all of a sudden Marvel comes out and they're just taking it to them. And, and it's because they did it right. They laid the groundwork down. And they made you wait, and you got ultimately the best, which best of what you can get. Everybody all at once, and now you get this big open and wide universe and stuff they can do, and uh, we everything has a universe now. You've got the Star Wars universe, the Star Trek universe, the Harry Potter universe. You've yeah. got your all, everything, the Avengers multiverse. Uh, so, I mean, if, if they can do all these things, you know, back to what we were saying a second ago, if they can do all these things for Avengers and DC and you know, all the stuff we can get us a Boba Fett somewhere down there. Yeah. That's all we're saying. We can get a that Boba Fett. <laughs> 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 all right. All right, well, if you will. Well, you know what? Actually, one quick thing. Uh, I don't know if this is still being done or not. I did read this, and I thought it would be cool if you could get it out for the people who were doing it. Uh, no disintegration. Oh, yeah, yeah. the, the series. So uh, I have not picked up yet a chance to look further into it. I, oh. I saw that there was a no disintegration series. Is this on YouTube that can be found, or? Yeah, yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, if you,
1: it's just ww dot no disintegrations all one word dot tv, okay. and okay. there's 22 episodes. So www disintegrations dot tv
0: and okay. uh, tv at the end. Like, so just a quick, so like just a quick rundown of it. What is the show about? It's
1: it's, it actually started off back in the day on the Boba Fett fan club. They had a little flash animated series of Boba Fett
2: making random transmissions from Slave One. Mm-hmm. And so I was having
3: margaritas with the guy who
1: founded and runs the Boba Fett fan club. And he said, Hey, he goes, what do you think about this idea about being involved in doing like a live action version of. These little flash animations. We get the same guy to write it, but we'll shoot it, you know. Uh, and I said, oh, I'll make the I'll make Slave One. I'll make the backdrop. Uh, you organize all the camera stuff. And so, and we had I had an editor friend, and we made this twenty-two episode series, just random transmissions from Slave One. Either <laughs> to other bounty oh, hunters.
0: That, that sounds uh, cool. Yeah.
1: It was just tiny in The trouble is, it's written very, for very hardcore Boba Fett fans. That was the only thing I said to the writer. I said, there's guys out there that love Boba Fett, but love the way you know, he's in the movies and the way he looks. They don't know all of this, the in-jokes that you're putting into these scripts. There's a very tiny niche of fan that you're going to pick up on all these jokes, because they're in-jokes. So, um, they're talking about doing a Series 2, actually. We had discussions, talking about it, and it's almost written. And it's going to appeal more to the Mandalorian appreciative audience. Mm -hmm. So, everything that will be in it as a humus, anyone watching the Mandalorian will understand and and get that type of humor. So, I think Series 2 is going to be a bit more open, less targeted to
3: such a niche... Type of folks you know. yeah, but if anything,
0: the people who, who did understand it, you know, that's something that's, that's something great for them too at the same time, yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. I did see a, a bit of a one talking about how it's always good to wear the armor and yeah. never leave without wearing the armor. You know, I know what you're thinking. Do I need this clunky armor on when well, I'm just asking this guy about such and such, and suddenly a bounty from last week goes by and I'm not ready? See, you should have had the armor, yeah. <laughs> you know. I was sitting there just laughing, going, This is hilarious. Like, <laughs> so I, I thought it was some kind of actual show or something. Like there's going to be an episode of a story of this person doing, Boba Fett's doing this or this. And I got to reading it. And like you said, it's just transmissions. And he's just giving yeah. advice or something or yeah. saying these things. And I I watched a bit of that one. And I thought, This is hilarious. I've got to find this and watch the rest of it. <laughs> this is too much. So. Well, we, we're actually uh, right pushing to the end of our show here. If you will, let everybody know where they can find you out there and if they want to see you on social media and things yeah. like that.
1: Well, you can either find me under Mark Anthony Austin or just Mark Austin or at Boba Fett A-N-H-S-E, and the A-N-H-S-E stands for A New Hope Special Edition. So Boba Fett A-N-H-S-E, all one word.
0: Right, awesome. And uh, definitely give this guy a follow. Well worth it, and you guys know that. If you want to find me out there as well, you can uh, go to Instagram or Facebook at Retro Life for You. Uh, best way to reach us out here is retro li- Retro Life for You at gmail.com or on the Instagram page. That's what I follow the most. So if you have any ideas, uh, suggestions, comments, anything like that, definitely be sure to send them in to me. Uh, be happy to answer them. you know anything like that. Um, Mark once again. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast talking with you, man. Uh, keep up all the great work you're doing and everything, and wish them the best for you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Everybody, it's Mark Austin on here. Mark Anthony Austin, not to be confused with the uh, the, the, the other guy. And I forget who it is now already, but not to be confused with the other guy. So check him out.
2: All right. Until next week, everybody. You have a good